0: God bless you. Thank you, band, for bringing us closer to Jesus and worship. How many are grateful for the band? Can we give it up for the Lord one more time? Never take them for granted. Jerry got a new banger out right now. Let's just put that up real quick on the uh, YouTube. Man, we are just putting out songs. One of my goals this year was to put out a new song a month and we're in February and I think I've already put out eight. So how many are ahead of some of your goals? Now don't get me talking about my six pack. I'm missing all the packs right now. But this is one of the goals that I've been on and here's the thing. Anybody that's interested in music talk to Sister Jerry. Get involved in the worship team. We would love to get you in on this but go ahead and push on this man of God. Yeah put that on. Put that on. Yeah, this is how we come and when it's not sun. This is how we come Friday. No, I'm kidding. Put it up just a little bit like we in the club. How many would like to dance to this? Come on, just a little bit more for me, brother. Woo, how many save? Come on, give it up for Jerry doing a good job. I love that. Mm, mm, mm. Somebody was like reminding them of, of like Lady Gaga, you know, uh, like poker face, pop poker face. This is like a lady on fire for God, not Gaga. You know, come on, this is like get you the Holy Ghost. How many know we can have fun inside church and outside of church? And so that's what I'm doing, making music. I'm also putting out some reaction videos. What do you believe? You can check it out online. Here's what I want you to see in my life as I'm 47 years old is that I'm always willing to do new things, experiment, grow in my faith. We're going to put up a video of those who went to Garfield Park this past week. And how many went out there? Can we make some noise for those who did? Whoop, whoop. Come on. I want you to see this right here. Garfield Park yesterday. Scroll on down just a little bit. That's the real. I want the live video. This video was viewed over, I guess click on it right here. I believe it's almost 2,000 views, 1,000 and something. Yeah, 1.7,000 views. Come on. How many No, this is a preacher man right here? Man, and look at that pizza right there, man. You know God is showing up when you go to the west side and you start handing out some pizza to folks. See, I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we're not the only ones, but we're being the best that God has called us to be. I thank God that there are churches around this city that are doing that what they're supposed to do, but this is what we do. Somebody say, this is what we do. Amen. Now, go back up to that reel, please, so everybody can see the gospel truck. This is how we roll deep, man. It doesn't say Chicago. Let's scroll scroll down a little bit right there. It doesn't say Chicago for Metro praise. It doesn't say Chicago for Pastor Joe. It says Chicago for what? Jesus. Jesus. What's his name? Who do we love? Can I get a J? J. You got your J. You got your J. Can I get an E? Can I get an S-U-S? You got your SUS. What is that spelled? Who do we love? When I say holy, y'all say ghost, saying holy, saying holy. Well, when I say heaven, everybody say yes, saying heaven, saying heaven. But when I say hell, everybody say no, saying hell, saying hell. When I say spirito, you say santo, spirito, spirito. When I say fuego, you say, Dios, fuego, fuego. Let's give it up for Jesus in the house. Come on. Mm, I get excited for Jesus. That's how we roll up. Man, yesterday I had these two Baptist brothers knock on my door and my children, we were expecting pizza because when mom's not home, the kids don't eat. So she had to order something for them, have it dropped off. I'm just sad at that. Please pray for me. It's a real deal thing. My son will be out with me like for three hours, never eat anything. My wife has to stick snacks in his pocket, you know. So here's, here's what I thought I heard. There's pizza at the door. But what she was saying was there's people at the door. So when she said there's pizza at the door, I'm like, go and get it. Open the door, get it. Because, you know, they just set it down, Grubhub. And then all of a sudden I start hearing a man talking and all of this. Well, I get out there, and there are two Baptist preachers on my front door. This blessed my heart so much. I live in a neighborhood that's within miles of the largest churches, not only in Chicago, but in the whole state. No one's ever knocked on my door except these Baptist brothers other than the morons. I mean the Mormons. So I looked at these men, and I said, you got to come on in, man. I just felt like I met my best friends. I was like, of course I love Jesus. Come on in, let's talk about Jesus. All I want to do talk about Jesus. Can you guys got time to talk about Jesus? I want to talk about Jesus. Come on in, come on in. And so I ran into my house. I was so excited. I like run into my house, and, and they're like taking their time. And I look behind me, and the man that's following behind with the older man, uh, he's, he's hard of uh, seeing. He, he's like starting to go blind, and he's walking with a limp. I find out he's 70 years old, disabled. I show him what we're doing. I get all excited with him, and then I shake his hand at the end, and I go, Brother, tell me, the 78-year-old. I said, Tell me why do you do this, man, because I know it's not easy. He said, I love seeing people go from death to life. It touched my heart so much. I said, that's my brother, man. I love him. I tried to offer him stuff. They couldn't take anything. They didn't want anything. But I got him finally at the end of my garage to take some of the pickles that I'm pickling. And then I said, will you take these pickles that I'm pickling? I got to bless you with something, man. The Bible says you get a prophet's reward when you give them even a glass of water. So they took my pickles. Come on, somebody. But I want to tell you something today, man. That's what that church is known for in that area. That church is knowing going door to door and running their buses. See, that's the vision that God gave them, and I'm thankful for that. But that's not what we're called to do. We're not in that area going door to door. We're going to the west side. We're going to this. And one day we will go to door to door in Elgin. But you have to understand this. Every church has a vision for a specific time and purpose, and this is what God is doing here. And so I want you to jump in on this. Oh, and by the way, I did tell them, I said, we have st- Started going to Elgin, and we're preaching at the farmer's market. And the young man said, oh, I've seen you guys out there with the microphone. And I go, oh yeah, that's us. And then you know what he said? I'm a little nervous to do that. So he's knocking on doors, but he's nervous to grab the mic. I said, listen, man of God, next time you see us out there, you come run over to me. I'm going to help you and teach you how to street preach with us. Amen. See, we're like the Marines here. Ooh, rah, man. We're going to get them on that next level. Knocking on doors. I'm going to put a mic in here. I saw you with the mic yesterday, right, man of God? Come on. Let's give it up for some new street preachers. Walking, walking and preaching, baby. Yeah, go back to that live feed. No, it's not the live feed. Is it the real? Because I think I saw him up there with the blue shirt. Show me on that reel. I think that's what it is. I was like, man, it's walking up there. I'm so proud of him. Here's the thing, brothers and sisters. You can't let anybody take your spot. Every person here has a spot and a role to play in the body of Christ. If you are faithful to what God has called you to do, he's going to be faithful to you. Amen? Can we just put that up there? I want to encourage everybody that's not gone out with us just to, to do it because even if you're not gifted yet, that's okay. Just come out there and support the person that is. You're going to learn how to get into that ministry while you do it, right? Walk in, while you get out there and try. It's like riding a bike. And man, I've taught every one of these children how to ride a bike, haven't I? Haven't I taught each one of you to ride a bike? Yeah, you love riding your bike. And I'll tell you what, it just takes time, right? You got to first push them a little bit and then you got to walk behind them, then you're running behind them. And then I'll tell you what, it's that first fall that messes with you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like you've given them enough uh, information now how to wreck themselves. And then when they finally do it, because it's like every time I'm like, okay I know they know how to do it now there's a wreck coming and when they do it you just have to sit back and go that's okay and you know what I would rather you have wildfire than no fire I would rather you fall down every now and then and skid you know like uh, I would rather you come up there and be like God won't do it for you unless you first do it for yourself you know I would rather you like skid a little bit and let me just have to pull you to the side be like yo that's not scripture that's what Oprah says you you know what I'm saying That's, that's not really what the Bible says I would rather that than you never get out there and try can I hear an amen did we get the real, brother? Yeah, thank you. It was the first video that came up on that feed. Everybody open up your Bibles with me to uh, Proverbs 29, 18. This is what we're doing. We're making a difference. If you're joining with us, we're in a sermon series about our church and what the Lord is doing. So, yeah, brother, go to that feed for me, please. Just, just get it up there. Put it up Facebook. As everybody's turning their Bibles to Proverbs 29, we have to learn about vision because without vision, People what? People what? Perish. Without vision, people perish. If you could put up that Facebook, brother, and that reel, I'd really appreciate that. Without vision, people perish. That means if you don't have a vision for your marriage, your marriage is going to perish. When my wife and I first started marriage uh, counseling, we had to have a vision for the marriage. Now go to Chicago for Jesus, please. When we had our first marriage counseling, we were told to go back home and discuss everything. Put it all on the table, right? That's when I told my wife, I said, I don't celebrate Christmas. I'm not big into holidays. This, you know, this is going to be something that's not going to be important to me. And then you know what else I began to say? I began to teach her how my, my uh, family, well, I should say my spiritual family, did homeschooling. Amen. Now, go up to this reel right here. Yeah, let's see it. I want to see what happens next. I think there's another preacher that comes up. There's Tony. Let's give it up for Tony preaching. Come on, somebody. Is that the only one? Okay, let's go down to the next one then. I'm going to find where I see the next one where they're preaching. Is that it? No, that's not even our page. Go on down a little bit. Go on down. Go on. There we go. No, that's the live feed. Where did I see him preaching at? Yeah, go to the Instagram feed for me, please, because I'm going to take this moment to encourage my brother, but everybody hear this. If you don't get a vision for your marriage, you're not going to have a good marriage. When my wife and I first started out, I told her, I homeschool. How many know that's a big deal to homeschool? I said, how many know that's a big deal? Amen. It's a big deal to homeschool. If you're not ready to homeschool, and trust me when I say some people should not homeschool, I mean it. Y'all are not ready for homeschool. Nancy, would you help them do it? It's going to be yesterday's Instagram post. Talk to Juan. Find where that video is at. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. Homeschooling takes a lot of work. I watch my wife do it all the time. You know what I say to her? You're part nun and you're part like teacher, you know? Like she will whoop on her right in the middle of class. I'm like coming out in there and I'm like, what is going on in this homeschool? Zoe's in tears. Somebody else is in timeout. How many know that's real. And then when I come there, man, they start to shake. And I don't mean like literally, but they know it's, it's time to get it on. Am I not telling the truth, little ones? Yeah, when daddy comes to class, it's principal in the, in, the, in, the, in the place. But I went over that with marriage counseling. Somebody say vision. When you have vision, you give people the opportunity to follow you. If my wife did not want to do homeschooling at that time, then you know what she needed to say? I'm not going to be your wife. How many know it's wrong to marry a man committed to something and then change your mind on it? You see, if I have a vision as the husband for marriage to have a homeschooling mom, then that means she needs to get down with homeschooling. Otherwise, she needs to say, I'm not the one. How many have been in relationships before that that wanted to change you and you didn't want to change? Is anybody like that? Come on, you've been there before. So when you are, as a Christian, don't get into stuff like that. As, as, as the Bible says, that as two can only walk together if they agree, you've got to find on that agreement what you're on. The other thing that I said to my wife is, I want 12 kids. How many know 12 kids is quite a bit of kids? Now, we're already close to a half a dozen right now. I mean, we do have half a dozen, but I want to go for 12. And this is the thing, pray for us, because number seven, we've had three miscarriages on number seven. We just had a miscarriage last month. I'm telling you, it's still in my heart to have 12 kids by birth. Nancy will be 70-year-olds. We're going to be Abraham and Sarah having children. I'm serious. But if the Lord doesn't want it, then that's okay. But I'm going to adopt six other children. Are you guys tracking with me? amen, because you got to have a vision for it. Now, everybody get this. At that time was the time for my wife to say, man, I'm not into that. I don't want to have 12 kids. I don't want to homeschool, and I want to celebrate Christmas. As I told you guys before, I don't celebrate Christmas. I don't celebrate holidays. This doesn't mean you can't. We're not weird like that. I'm just saying for me personally, that's something that I don't do. I don't do. Somebody say he doesn't do it, amen. So that's something that I don't do. Now, at that point, if my wife wanted to be a Christmas celebrating, uh, stay at home, drink a glass, of wine in the afternoon type wife and only have one or two children one of each how many know it was time for her to get out of my life amen now i say this with all dignity with with all dignity and all respect when we talk about metro praise international and what we are on we put it out in front of people every single week somebody say vision you see, this is our vision, and this is what we started the year doing. We're going to love God, and people connect, mentor, said. We're going to make it all about the cross. So did we finally get it? Hey, man, let's give it up for them in the back. They finally got it. Now, I want, I, it was Ezekiel's post. That's where it was. Thank you for your patience. But everybody understand this. Why am I doing this right now? Because I want you all to see vision. Why was it worth it to me to do this? Now, pause it when I say pause. Pause it right there. Go back to that. Yeah, go back to that. Why am I putting this up in front of you guys right now? For vision. I want every single person to have a vision that if walking went out and preached this past weekend, you can get out and preach this past weekend. Because if we as a church say it's only going to be certain people, like Pastor's going to be the only one preaching, or, or TJ is going to be the only one preaching, then we sell ourselves short of what Jesus Christ called us to do. Jesus said to go out and to where? All the world. And to preach the What? The gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. How many coming next week to baptisms? Come on, somebody. See, that brother right there preached. Just give it a little bit better of a pause. Let it come. Keep going. And I'll tell you when to pause it again. Keep going, man of God. Let it play. Of course, we got a little lag there, but I want that right there for the next 30 seconds because the reason why some of you don't want to preach and you don't want to get out yet is because you say I've never done it and, and I'm too old or I'm too young that man who knocked on my door the other day he was 78 years old and he was dealing with blindness and a handicap and he still came out and I said what's our excuse you know what I then did I then went over to my phone and I said you've got to see my mom and dad my mom's 80 years old and my dad's 78 years old and they're preaching right now you're not the only one Come on, somebody say amen. This broken computer is going to fix it. I'm going to keep preaching. Are you listening to me? I said vision. Somebody say vision. Vision is the most important thing you can have in your life, and I'm giving it to you right now for the church. Some of you say you have dream boards. Everybody should have something like a dream board. Can I hear an amen? Thank you for that. Let's give it up for 10 minutes waiting for that. Come on, give it up for Jesus. 10 minutes, and I'm going to get that right. You know why I'm going to get that right? Because that means something to me. If God can do it in Joaquin's life, God can do it in your life. When was the last time you went out and preached the gospel? I wish I could call on every single one of you, have you stand up and tell me. When was the last time you went out with our teams and did that? Because this is what we are called to do. We are not called to sit on the sidelines and let Joe just have the mic every week and let him talk about it. Because how many know I got to sit down the mic this week just like y'all and got to go out in, in everyday life? How many know I don't walk around with the mic? I got to know how to preach to people down the street from me. I know I got to go out and do that. And so what we're setting up is opportunities for you to preach. This is my vision. If you want to know, uh, let me just, just skip to the end of the message. Bring up the slow music and altar workers right now. You want to know what today's message is about everybody learning how to love God like this. Because we have got to get out of this idea that if the pastor don't do it, ain't nobody going to do it. That is a lie. And that's why the Roman Catholic Church is failing. By the way, I got the stats right here. Check this out. Do you know that in the city of Chicago, I believe we in the nation had one of the largest Roman Catholic populations? How many would say that would probably make sense, even if you didn't know? Because, you know, you look around, man, we've got a lot of Catholics here. Do you know how many parishes, Catholic parishes, and that would mean churches with priests, there were in the height of the Catholic move here? Just shout out a number if you want to take a guess how many parishes there were in Chicago. Come on, just take it. Somebody said a thousand. No, there wasn't that many. I mean, think about that. That would be like almost a church on two blocks, you know? But, but somebody shot another number 90, 100. See, are you getting closer? Do you know that at the height in Chicago, there were 450 Roman Catholic parishes? Do you know how many there are right now? There are only 221. They have lost half their numbers in this city. You want to know why that is? Because everybody was being told, don't you worry about the Bible? we will worry about the Bible. Don't you worry about communion? We'll feed it to you like a baby bird. Don't you worry about doing your Bible studies and all that? Just come to mass when we open the doors. And their religion has died right in front of us. Brothers and sisters, it's time for us to understand. To the Pope, we say no. But to gospel preachers, we say yes, Lord, and amen. Because that's how the gospel gets spread. When you talk about the early disciples, man, they weren't people walking around in robes, having you kiss their ring, how you see these big high churches doing it now, even in some of our Protestant churches. I had one of my friends become a bishop. I preached for him, man, the man is casual. I wish I could put him up here, but y'all would laugh too hard, and then I would feel like I have to repent. But when it came to him becoming a bishop, he dressed up like the pope, man. They decorated him. They had people come up and kneeling and all this, and I said, what have we been? come. This is not right, folks. I'm not saying you have to come like me in a hoodie and jeans, man. If you want to be like the Latino Fabio back there with the sport jacket on, our drummer, man, looking sharp back there. If you want to come dressed up, then that's fine. But understand this. It's not on the outside. It's on the inside. And it's not about what you do inside of a church for religion. It's what you do out there in the real world for Jesus. It's the real world of boots on the ground. bout it, bout it for Jesus. That counts in the end. Amen? Amen. Go back to our notes, please. Proverbs 29, 18. Without vision, people perish, but happy is he who keeps the law. How many law keepers do I have here in the house? Come on. I said, how many law keepers do I have? You're like, I don't know. We're not in the Old Testament. You keep the law, don't you? It's not the old covenant. It's the new covenant, but it's still a law. It's still a law. We still have the law. Don't let people tell you we don't have a law. We do have the law. The law is based on the law of Christ. And whatever is out of the Old Testament that's not in the New Testament, it's in Christ fulfilled. Amen but we keep the law. We keep the thou shall nots. We obey what Jesus said. And the Bible says when we do that, we're blessed. So you can have vision. People can have vision boards, but if they don't have the law of God, they're going to be tore up from the floor up. Some of the people that I follow, man, they're millionaires, you know, online. How many of y'all follow some successful people online? Like you just want to be, you know, encouraged by it. Am I the only person, you only watch cat videos on Instagram? Does anybody watch successful people? Come on, you watch them? I just watched one of the millionaire traders that I followed, just had to stay in a hotel because he lost his wife and kids. You can have the whole world, yeah, yeah, lose your soul, people. Anybody seen the movie The Founder by, uh, you know, about McDonald's and how this came about on Netflix? This guy, man, he stole an idea from the Crock brothers. It wasn't even his idea. He wasn't even named Ronald McDonald. It was the Crock brothers that named it Croc, uh, uh, Ronald McDonald. That that was them. And then this man Crock, he stole that idea from them. And then he cheats on his wife. And then he builds up this business. Now we say is good. Man, he can go to hell with McDonald's as a billionaire. I would rather go to heaven with Chick-fil-A keeping my wife and staying closed on Sunday. See, what you want to be? You want to be McDonald's or you want to be Chick-fil-A? Well, you know, because I'm telling you right now, people are going to try to sell this to you. Oh, you can have success. You can have a vision, but you don't got to follow God's word. Look, Oprah, I don't follow God's word. Look at Steve Harvey. I'm on fifth marriage, whatever. I don't follow God's word. No, but they ain't happy either. And if they are pretending to be happy, they're not going to be happy in hell unless they repent and get right with God. I said, they're going to be in hell unless they get right with God. Are you listening? This is the real preaching of the gospel. The gospel doesn't say, be happy being you. It says, be happy keeping the law. And how many know sometimes it's not easy keeping the law? The Bible says to husbands, you better make up with your wife if you're harsh to them. Otherwise, your prayers will not get hurt. How many know that Bible verse? I've been by myself many times trying to head to bed with an argument under my belt, being right with my wife, and God saying, you better stop and go back and make that right. How many know I wasn't that happy to go and do that? Oh, I don't know if I want to do that, Jesus. Come on, baby boo. I know you always right, but it's not so easy all the time. I want to be right sometimes. Oh, okay, I'm going down. I'm going to do it. It's not always happy. But I'll tell you what, happiness is not based on happenstance when you're with God. Happiness is based on the peace of the Holy Ghost that transcends all understanding, a joy down in your soul that the world can't give and the world can't take away. See, we're trying to figure out all of our problems. We think God is going to do it like that. Like we're going to sit down at some Tony Robertson self-help seminar and God's going to explain it all to you. And then you're going to go, oh, uh uh-huh, now it makes sense why this person cheated on me and why I got into this problem. No, it's not going to work like that. God's going to oftentimes just bypass that whole mess, download peace in your soul, and say, if you let it, the peace of God will reign in you right now. But I don't understand. You are not going to understand. It will pass you by if you don't get it right now because you have to let the peace of God rule and reign in you. Somebody say, let the peace of God come. You see, it comes through those who keep the law. That's why so many people are not happy today. They're tore up from the floor up. They need a check up from the neck up. And sometimes people like to say it's an economic status or it's a privilege status. No, man, it doesn't matter who you are. If you do not follow the law of God, you will not be self-made. You will be a self-made mess. I was in the gym the other day, and I don't know this man very well, but I could tell he was well off. He carried himself well. And you know what he told me? He's on his fourth marriage. I don't care if he drove there in a Porsche. That man's life is messed up. Are you listening to me? I don't care if Donald Trump has a building named after him. If he can't keep a wife more than 10 years and has three baby mamas, he is messed up. Is anybody hearing me here today? And we have a culture of the blind leading the blind. You don't need more people leading you into a ditch. You need people leading you on the way to heaven. Hallelujah. You need somebody that's following the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things will follow. I need a vision today for my life. I need a vision to be the kind of husband God wants me to be. Not the kind of husband I see online. Not the kind of husband I have in the everyday world. My wife don't even know it. You're going to learn something right now. You ready to learn about your daddy and his secret life when he's away from you? When I was getting my Kia checked out, I, I was looking at a vehicle. Might have came home with a new one. You don't know. And I was talking to them about the I drive the EV6 electric. And I was thinking about upgrading to the EV9. You didn't know about this, right? <laughs> I know, I know. But what? I was asking them how many seats they got in the EV9. And they said, Well, we don't do the, the bench seats. It's an it's a electric SUV. We only do the pilot seats. So it's two, four, six. And I go, Oh, man, I've got eight kids. I, I, I got a, I'm a family of eight. I got six kids and a wife. Everybody tracking with me? Husband, wife, six kids. And they said, Leave your wife and one of the kids home. The men said it to me. And then guess what? The other men. <laughs> yeah, that's how men talk. That's how men talk, you ladies. You all listening to me? How many men know what I'm talking about? That's how men talk. You don't need a wife, man. Keep her as a girlfriend. Why would you want that? That's how they talk. I'm with men all the time. That's how they talk, ladies. But listen to me. I have a vision for my wife. I have a vision for my family. I'm not leaving one behind. I'll put her on the roof if I have to. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'll go on the roof. No, but listen, you got to have a vision for your marriage because if you don't, somebody else is going to give it to you. They're going to say, oh, that marriage is not supposed to be good the first year. Everybody's marriage sucks for the first year. That's not true. My wife and I's marriage was the most blessed it's ever was. We just go up and up and up from there. Amen? Amen. See, everybody's going to put a seed in your heart like that. Oh, you know, you got kids. How many you got? Oh, you got four. Or, At least two of them are going to go away from the Lord, half of them. No, don't believe that. All of them are going to heaven, even if I got to send them there early. Are you listening? <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Don't call. (laughs) Don't call child services. He says it won't kill one of his kids. You know how crazy Christians and pastors are? No, I'm not going to do that. But all you going to heaven, amen? All of them going to heaven. People say this all the time. They sow seed into you. Well, you know, you know, if you get more money, you're gonna have more problems. No, the Bible says he gives to the people, he gives wealth, and he adds no trouble to it. Amen. You can be blessed without stress because you're blessed by the best. You don't need the rest. Amen. So the world going to try to tell you, oh, more money, more problems. You know, just stay poor because that's how you're going to be spiritual. But the Bible says that the people of his book owned houses and lands and property and gave to their children and their children's children. children. Has anybody heard of an Israelite still blessed today? I know some Jewish people still blessed. Hallelujah. One of them here, we used to work for one. He said, I work for a Jew. He, he owns all this jewelry. Why? Because they still blessed. That's why people got to make conspiracies about them. Hey, I'll just end the conspiracy right now. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 28 and see what God would do for his people. That's why the Muslim nation still living in their sand huts are jealous of what God's done in Israel. Look at what happened before Israel took over that land to after. They made it into a desert. Israel made it into a blossoming place for harvest and for blessing to come on that nation. And I ain't got nothing against Gaza people. Just stop messing with Israel and there won't be no problem. Amen. But Israel has been blessed without needing oil. Think about that. Israel has no natural resources. And yet it's one of the most blessed nations in that entire area. Abu Dhabi and all of them just spending their people's money on that oil to look like they're rich. They really don't have an economy. They're building it up by their own oil. If we'd got rid of it, they would go broke. But Israel has a booming economy because God said he would always bless his people. That's why Israel is blessed. You want to be blessed, get in God's economy. The Bible says we need a vision. Without a vision, we perish. We're aimless. That's why you're on the second, third, fourth boyfriend since you've been going to this church. You need to find a wife and a husband and stop just figuring it out, messing up each other's lives. Can I hear an amen? Some of y'all just dating don't understand it. Go get a book, Date Like a Christian. Amen. Whoo. I'm getting free in this house. And keep the law and be happy. Christians, we keep the law of God. Sometimes people say, well, the law of God, it's not easy and all that, and I get that. But listen to me, it's worth it. Come on, somebody say it's worth it. Right now, we're all supposed to be in physical shape. I get that. But it's not always easy, is it? Going to the gym, it's not always easy. Working out, it's not always easy. And if you don't believe me, because some of y'all giving me some half amens, let's do 20 minutes of aerobics right now and see how you act. Why is pastor making me do this? We're in a cult. Why did I come to church today? But would I be hurting you? Would I be hurting you if we did some aerobics right now? I wouldn't be hurting you, but how many know it would hurt some of you? I wouldn't be hurting you, but it would be hurting some of you because you got too many spare tires right here, too much junk in the trunk, and your back would start hurting. Come on, somebody, and your knees would start hurting. It's because you haven't put in that work. And the Bible says you got to get to work for the things of God. That faith without works is dead. you got to work for the Lord. Somebody say, work him. I didn't say twerk it. I said what? Work it. Work it. And you know what you can do while you're while you working it? You can whistle. You can whistle while you work. Why? Because you're going to be happy serving Jesus. I would rather serve Jesus working like I'm uh, out there in the field. The Bible says sometimes we're like that man in the field who's been out there all day sweating and working. And the man's been sitting in there just receiving the blessing of it. And then when that man come from the field, he comes in, he's like, oh, it's time for me to eat. And then Jesus said, no, the master said, no, you feed me first and then you eat. And I know some of us say, man, I got too much privilege for that. We've been through too much to go back to that. But listen, working in Jesus' fields is not like working for Bubba in the south. Are you listening to me? I would rather work in the fields of Jesus and feed him first, care for him first, than to be in the fields or the tents of the devil. Can I get an amen? See, this is is going to be a side note right now. See, people took scriptures like that and applied it to slavery, to hell with slave owners. That's not how it was to be applied. The application of master, servant, God with his people is this. My planet, my rules, my way, get with my program or get off the bus. That's why there's a hell. But for those who find joy in working for the master, who find joy in getting some calluses on their hands, come on, Brother Carlos, who find joy sweating a little bit in the heat of the day, the Bible says when they get done, he will say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy, the reward that I have for you. I'm ready to work for Jesus. Some of y'all have been working too much for the devil that now you come here, you get tired for Jesus. You did everything out there with all your ability. You tried to sell vitamins. You tried to get into that little, you know, that little group and start a business and it didn't work out. You tried to go new age and go to the crooked chicken. That didn't work out. Some of you got your degrees and you got your sororities and all that. But when you come to church, Church, you don't give God more than five minutes at these altars. I double-dog dare somebody to give God half of what you gave the world. And watch you go from a frown turned upside down to smiling for Jesus. He'll put a pep in your step. He'll change your life. Hallelujah. Some of y'all been to counseling for years. And by the way, your counselor sees a counselor. Statistics say nothing against that profession. I appreciate them. But the statistics say that counselors have some of the highest rates of suicide. Look it up. Your counselor has a counselor more than likely. And here's the thing, you go to counseling, you'll pay them money, you'll go do that self-help book, but we call up here for the altar and you ask God just to do it in five seconds or you give up. The Bible says seek and keep seeking. The Bible says knock and keep knocking. The Bible says ask and keep asking. We are like the persistent widow saying, Jesus, 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 have mercy on me. He's looking for people that believe. I know some of us, we we get used to church as usual, and we say, well, it's going to start like this, and it's going to end like this, but I didn't come for church like usual. I came for a church that has vision, vision of people getting up out of wheelchairs. We have to believe it first, amen? Close your eyes and believe with me. Somebody can get up out of a wheelchair in the name of Jesus. Now let's go out and find somebody and pray for them. Believe with me right now that somebody from the transgender lifestyle can get rearranged and put back in order. That what was messed up by the devil and their Mr. Potato Head can come back into the right places and be who God called them to be. Now open your eyes and go lay hands on somebody out there on Belmont and Clark Street and believe God to do it. That's why in this church we have former homosexuals, former transgenders, former gangbangers, former addicts. All these things people say you're born with it, that's how you're going to die with it. And you need to confess it for the rest of your life. I'm an addict, I'm this. We've never taught 10 steps. We only teach one step to Jesus Christ. That's why we have former addicts, former porn addicts, former drug addicts, former vaping addicts. And I hear an amen from former alcoholics, former weed smokers. Former LGBTQA+, everything has been in this house, at this altar. They were born one way, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, they were born again another way. That's what Jesus does. Somebody say, that's my Jesus. Amen. I know some people have been hurt by the church, and hey, I've been around the church. I've seen it. One of the first people that I saw backslide was my pastor. Somebody say, his pastor. My pastor picked me up with the secretary, and I was only 18 years old. I told some of you the story. Picked me up with the secretary. I don't know the difference. Maybe that's just how church people roll. But he's married. That's not his wife. They're taking me out to dinner. They're mentoring me. At least I thought that's what they were. And then a couple weeks later, I found out, oh, you know, Pastor so-and-so, he cheated on his wife. With who? That woman that he was with all the time. Are you all listening to me? I know church people can hurt you. I know they can let you down, but that does not give you an excuse to mess with my Jesus. They didn't go to that cross for you. They didn't suffer for you. They didn't pour out their blood for you. They can go to hell without you if they want to. Amen. I'm going to heaven with my Jesus. It was my Jesus they put on that cross. It was my Jesus that they whooped. It was my Jesus who bled out for me. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he took a few moments, hallelujah, on that cross to look Get a thief like me and say today you will be with me in paradise. I don't care what they do to you. Love Jesus. Put your heart on Jesus. Have a vision for Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. I see Jesus. That's why I'm cross-eyed, man. That's why I'm putting my eyes on Jesus. I'm cross-eyed. You get it. I'm happy. I keep his law. It doesn't always feel good. Sometimes you want to give up. Sometimes it looks easier to go into the way of the world and the Bible says there is a temporary pleasure there That's why I don't lie to my kids Sometimes it feels good to masturbate and I said it. Yeah, that's true Sometimes it feels good to lie and cheat any other former sinners in this place Did you do it because it hurt or did you do it because it felt good sometimes? Let's be honest. It felt good sometimes didn't it but I tell them that in the end of all of that pleasure It leads to death listen to me Lucas the first time I looked at pornography it felt good but it led me to a sex addiction it led me to clinics it led me to having women in my life that destroyed my soul it led my friend to suicide it may feel good for a moment but it will end in death reject the sin of pornography stay humble stay holy and keep your locked up until you meet the right one because it will be worth it in Jesus name you might be a 40-year-old virgin, but you'll still have your mind, you'll still have your peace, and when you marry, you'll get the right one. I'm preaching it to myself, to my children, anybody else receiving this today? Thank you, Jesus. How many know our lives of sin, most of it started off nasty. We, we forced ourselves to like sin. First time I looked at pornography, Nasty. First time I had sex, nasty. Come on, let's be real. How many know what I'm talking about? First time I got drunk, nasty. First time I smoked a cigarette, I took it from my sister's ashtray, took out the butt, had her lipstick still on it, nasty. Come on, somebody say nasty. First time I did drugs, nasty. But you know what? We kept with it because we wanted it, didn't we? We wanted it. We wanted to keep doing those nasty things until it became a part of our identity. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. You need to take up your cross, deny yourself and follow Jesus. Get out of that nasty and get into the new nature of Jesus. Don't tell me that it's too hard to live for Jesus it is worth it in the name of Jesus and he will give you the strength to overcome how many have felt God's hand on you and given you strength Christianity is not a self help taught a lesson taught by Tony Robbins Christianity is a relationship inwardly with Jesus Christ that changes your life when I was battling those demons of pornography, those desires of lust and uh, to fight, and I wish I could say the last fight I got into I was a sinner, but I was a Christian. Come on, anybody ever sin after being a Christian? And I'm not saying all fights are sins, but this, this one was a sin. I could have walked away, but ain't nobody saying that to me. Come on, how many men do I have in here? How many men have a line? How many men have a line? you have a line, brother? Most of us men have a line. That dude crossed the line. I'm not saying I was the biggest or the baddest, but I had to fight that dude now. I could have walked away, but I chose that fight. And I ended up winning. Yeah, I won. But I caught a black eye. And guess what day it was? It was Wednesday, Bible study day. I had to go to church with a black eye. They looked at me like I had just like went back to the world because they knew my testimony. And they said to me, what in the world happened to you? And I told them my story. You know what they said? Get to that altar and pray. I thank God for people like that. They didn't have what we had. They didn't have the lights. They didn't have young people like me. They were in suits and everything. They said, get to that altar and pray. I remember being at that altar, at that assembly of God, church, tears coming down my eyes. And I said, God, teach me to turn the other cheek. Teach me to love my enemies, to forgive those who despitefully use me. And that was the last day I got in a fight. Are you listening to me? Some people have tried me and trust me, they have come close. Hallelujah. But thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I made it through. But listen to me. I don't fight anymore. God gave me the strength to do that. God took away the taste of alcohol and drugs and all those addictions, brothers and sisters. Why? Because he gave me a vision of what life would be like. That's why I like seeing some of these memes that come out. Even the world gets it right every now and then. One of these memes or reels that comes out and says something like this. Be happy for what you have today because it's what you prayed for yesterday. Is anybody else like me today living in an answered prayer of what you prayed for yesterday? I'm telling you, man, I was not in a marriage I was single. I didn't have children. I didn't want kids and now I'm in that blessing today. We started this church in a home Bible study with pieces of paper that we printed off of our computer and handed it to people and now to see this place filled with two services man, I'm in the dream that I had of yesterday. It's a vision and it starts by you wanting what God wants for your life. Not what the world wants or even what you want. And let me just tell you this because I haven't told many people this, but one of the things that freaked me out the most is when I got saved, I saw in the mirror in a dream what I was really having a vision of the whole time and it was a demon. Many of you today you think you're following your own desires but you're following what a demon on the inside of you wants you to shape your life to. When I got saved, I had a dream because when I used to get high, I had a fear of God in me that I would go to hell. So I was like one of those wretched church kids. I'm telling you, man, even out here in Chicago when I lived in other places that I would party, they, they knew me as being the contemplative one. It's weird, man, but I would get high, and I would start talking about God because I was a backslider. I was convicted. Anybody else relate to that? I don't know. That's a weird world to live in, but it was like being a pig in the sty. but I knew I wasn't there. But but on one of my, one of my times, I was hallucinating. I was looking in the mirror, and I saw my face, you know, you know, getting all distorted and all that and then I just got bold and I said God if you're real show me the devil because then I'll know you're real by you show me what's really evil because I knew at that time I was doing bad stuff but here's the deal the devil's a liar he didn't show up he didn't show up so finally one day I get saved right in November 5th 1995 but then in my dream I'm looking in that same mirror and I say if you're a real devil show yourself to me and then I see in that mirror the demon that had been influencing me that whole time and that demon looked enough like me that I thought it was me but it was emaciated and evil and I was beginning to realize that that was my idol when I was putting down my cap, putting in hoops, smoking weed, thinking I was being like Cypress Hill, want to get high I was really wanting to be like that demon when I was starting fights and I was thinking that I was cool, I was really imitating that demon and then in that dream I saw that demon and I said in the name of Jesus get out of my life and it went out the mirror, out of the window and out of my life and within moments the whole room turned to white and I heard the glory of God the only vision I've ever had of Jesus showed me nothing but light in the sound of a mighty rushing wind with mighty waters pouring over my life it felt like liquid light and glory if that makes any sense and I woke up out of that dream and I said I understand it now I've been in a spiritual battle for what would be my vision, what would be my purpose, and it was a demon that was lying to me. So brothers and sisters, a lot of times people say, I'm just trying to be me, and that may be true to a sense, but many people are really trying to be like that demon that's lying to them. If there could be a man in the Bible that would be possessed with a legion, the Bible says that's upwards of 5,000 demons, how many you think are assigned to you and I? And it only takes one to get into your life, to start influencing, in you and then he starts calling over his friends that's why many of you it starts off with the small things and then it adds on to other things you didn't expect to end up where you ended up but once you let in the door of that one thing maybe it was pornography and then it went to an affair and maybe it started with depression then it went to suicide because when that one demon comes he brings his friends with him are you listening to me somebody say vision we got to have God's vision and have the law of the Lord in our hearts. Second uh, verse here. Somebody say it's the introduction. We're going to the t- we get to what we're talking about today, man. I'm just hype on the introduction. Somebody say the introduction. Amen. Second uh, verse right here. you got to write it down that those who read it may run. For the vision. Look at it, Habakkuk 2.3. For the vision is yet for a what? Appointed time. Somebody say an appointed time. Brothers and sisters, so many of us, we give up right before our breakthrough. We give up right before our breakthrough. My wife will tell you. I mean, I'm not mad at these chicks. Nancy might be at a few of them. But the ones I dated before her don't even compare. But I was this close to throwing away what could possibly be our future for what would have been a train wreck with those ladies. Are you listening to me, brothers and sisters? If you're single right now, your spouse could be one year away from you. Yet there could be a temptation in front of you right now. And if you get involved in that relationship, you miss the one that God has coming. We don't understand all the times and ways that God is protecting us. That's why we ought not to try to pry open doors that he has closed. Has anybody ever tried to pry open a door that the Lord closed? I know I did. I dated my wife for a little bit, broke up with her, dated others, and I tried to pry open those doors. And this poor thing right here had to watch me do it. She even came on a mission trip with me while I was dating the other girl. Is that not the truth? but that was when you liked me though, right? And she watched me date another girl. And then after we went out, I still dated another girl, didn't I? I believe I did. Yes, and she had to watch it. But you know what? She was holding on to her word even when I was messing it up. And if I would have been wrong, you know what? God would have given her the best and I would have been in a ditch. See, brothers and sisters, you got to write down your vision and hold on to it so that people can read it and run. If you are out with people right now in your lives and they are close to you, the Bible says you can't be together unless you agree. If you are not on agreement of that vision, they will bring you down to their ditch. You will not. I know people have told me many times, well, I'm going to lift them up. I'm going to lift them up. Nine times out of ten, in my experience, you do not change them. They change you. Can I hear an amen to that if you've been where I'm at? Come on, say amen if you've been where I'm at. I don't care if there's three of you, say amen if you've been there. I remember I was going to help one of my Bible college students who didn't like the professors. Within a few weeks, I became bitter and hated them just like he did. Almost cost me my entire education because I took on his bitterness. Are you listening? I remember when I was trying to date online, and these chicks would tell me they would love Jesus, and I would go over to them, and I could see they didn't really love Jesus. I knew that night if I wanted to, I could have had sex with them. A few of them I had to leave, uh, the little kissy-kissy, which I do regret, but it wasn't a sin to kissy-kissy. But after that kissy-kissy, I knew there would have been more, but I had to walk away because they were willing to give me their body. My mom caught a girl in my room. Are you listening to me while I was a Christian cuz I didn't know any better at that time. What do you think that girl would have done in my room? I moved back home. I was a high school dropout and I moved back home. And my mom's here and talking and stuff going. I'm a Christian, right? I'm in college, trying to get my GED and do all these different things. And my wife hears noise in my room. Guess what she walks in. She sees me with a girl. My parents are Christians. I had been kicked out of my house more than I can even count. When she walked in and saw that girl, she said, What are you doing? And I said, Well, I'm trying to help her, and she's trying to help me. My mom said, Get out, get her out, or you get out. Because how many know that would have brought me down? Oh, y'all getting quiet on me right now. I said, that would have brought me down. When I first got saved, I was going delivering pizzas. I saw two of my friends going into a hotel to party. That's what we used to do in my town. Not many of us had a lot of money. Our houses were lame and, and boring. So for fun, we would rent a hotel. And I saw my two friends. And I was just a new Christian. And God said to me, if you go into that hotel, because I would take off work and get high with people. I would drop off pizza. I was wild. And so I knew I could go right with them, call off my job, and start doing drugs with them. And this is what God told." me. You do that, you lose everything. You won't change them. They're not going to change like that. You know the best way you can change your friends and your family and everybody in your life that has seen you change and they're, they're looking at you like you're crazy. You know the best way you can do that is by saying, number one, this is what I'm doing. If you don't want it, give them the gift of, of goodbye. That's the best thing you can give them because then they know that you're serious. I'm not saying forsake them in the sense of you're not still there in their lives to help them if they need it. I'm just saying some people need to see how serious you are about God by you saying, this is what I'm going to do, say goodbye. And guess what? My wife will tell you, those two dudes, and Rudy, you remember this as well, but you may not remember the persons, but those two friends of mine came all the way out from Fort Wayne, Indiana to Wisconsin to be in that conference that we had with Brother Anthony, and they fell on their knees at their altar, at that altar. Do you remember it? So the friends that I had lost for years when they were in trouble drove five hours to come to a service that I was at that they could fall on their knees and talk to Jesus, if people are serious about wanting to get the change that you got, they will do what you did. So write it down so they can read it. Write it down to give to your boyfriend, to your girlfriend, if you're in a relationship. Write it down to give it to husband and to wife and to children. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My children understand the vision. I said, I said they understand it. Can I hear an amen? Do your children understand your vision? They need to. They need to understand this is how it goes in this house. I was looking at a... My, you know, this is so embarrassing, but I got to tell you, I was looking at my... Metro praise YouTube and I saw that somebody was rebuking me on a comment and I go well That could be common because people don't like what I have to say But I hardly ever comment anything from my YouTube Metro praise You know, I don't use Metro praise account and comment on YouTube I have other accounts that I do that on it might be one you don't know So I might be stalking you. Okay, so you all keep yourself in check. No, I'm kidding These are just different accounts half kid there, but I do be stalking some of you guys truthfully, but now watch this (laughs) Somebody was mad and said, well, you're not raised right, and this and that. And I said to myself, what in the world? I was raised right. So I clicked on that response to a comment that I had supposedly made, and it was a video of a girl, and she was with her mom. And her mom said, I'm going to let you say as many cuss words as you want, and you won't get in trouble. And the little girl said, In a cute way. I don't want to do that, mom. And she said, are you sure you can say as many as you want? She said no. And then I saw that Metro Praise. You know what I'm talking about. I saw that Metro Praise International wrote underneath that sweet girl not wanting to cuss. Liar. Wrote underneath there. Liar. And then the person responded back. No. You're not a liar. That girl was just raised right. You weren't. And I said, what in the world? I went through every one of my children because I wanted to know who wrote that. Are you listening to me? I said, are you listening to me? I care about social media. I'm not going to name which child it was, but that child got themselves in some trouble. Thank God they didn't get a pastor whooping either, but they are in trouble. Why is that? Because I have a vision for my family and you don't have the right in my house to bully somebody on the internet. Are you listening? And so listen to Me, you got to tell people from your children to your family to your co-workers this is my vision this is how we roll this is how we keep our integrity I don't care if somebody on your job says this is what we all do we all get away with it point to one of the little things you stuck up on your cubicle and says as for me and my house we will serve the Lord I don't care what Comcast does I don't care what AT&T does I don't care what your last, last co-worker did this is what I'm going to to do. Read it and weep. We will serve the Lord. And then lastly, Proverbs 21.5 says, make plans to be diligent because they lead to profit. If you don't, haste will lead to poverty. It is a sad day in the Christian world where we have people claiming Christ, but they're losing all the time. They're blaming the devil for their flat tire. No, man, you didn't fill up your t- air in your tire. You're blaming God because your car broke down. You didn't go look at your red light and take it to get an oil change. Can I hear an amen? People saying in the church that God didn't work. No, you didn't work. That's the problem. God's not the loser. You are. He's always a W, a winner. Are you listening? I love losers and so does God and I used to be one. But listen to me. If you're losing, it's not because of God. God said you are more than a conqueror. He said to you and I, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. He said that the man of God who puts his heart on the word shall prosper in all that he does, his leaf shall not wither. Brothers and sisters, we are called to a higher life. Please put up those three points here. Number one, get a vision. I can't get a vision for you. You have to get a vision for your life. This church has a vision. That's why I took 10 minutes to figure out that internet so we could see a young man out there preaching. That's the vision. Do you know that before I had young men like that preaching, I would envision my friends from Bible school preaching because I had to start somewhere and say, man, I got to believe God that young people will want to preach. I don't have any right now in the church, but I can imagine one of my friends from Bible college preaching. Is that not the truth, Nancy? I tried to get my friends even to come and join the church, move from their states to come be here because I didn't have anybody else to go preach with on the streets. Every person that's ever walked into Metro Praise and you've preached with somebody on the streets, you had something I didn't have when we started this church. For over two and a half years, by God's grace, my wife and I alone would go to Belmont and Clark and preach out there to the ridicule, to the mocking, and at times to the acceptance. But we never gave up. Why? Because we believed that if we were in the time of harvest sowing seed, that we would reap laborers and that God would keep his word, that laborers would come forth and reap that harvest. Now today we have almost 80,000 on the Chicago for Jesus. None of this means anything if the Holy Ghost is not in it. But what I'm saying is the influence, even our sister right here found us from Instagram, right? That came because Juan put that up and wanted to show the world what we were doing. But Juan himself was led to the Lord in this church. People sometimes come to this church and they say, well, I want young people like this. How do you get young people like this? You get young people like this by blood, sweat, and tears. You look at a farmer's crop and say, how do I get corn like that? How do I get that? You know what they're going to say? Get out there and plant the seed. Water the ground. Pick the weeds. Harvest it. Don't give up. Get a vision. Record the vision. Make plans to diligently bring the vision to pass. Now, what are you going to do in your life? Every single person's life, you should write down your vision. Man, this year, this is what I want to see on my job. This year, this is what we're going to see in our family. This year, this is what we're going to see in our community. And we're going to live and die by it. As I said in one of our services, this is where you just make the line and you look the devil right in the eye. And you say, devil, let me just tell you two things. This is where I stand and this is where you fall. That's it. That's what's happening in 2024. Do you all get that? This is where the church stands and where the devil falls. I don't care what happens during this election season. They could try to burn down the whole country again. They could release, uh, you know, pegs and uh, plagues and epidemics and all those things. I don't even necessarily believe they meant it on purpose the first time, but it just happened altogether for evil. I don't know which way it went. Conspiracy or it was by accident and the devil took advantage. Either way, listen to me, brothers or sisters. You have to draw a line in the sand and say, devil this is where I stand and this is where you fall You have to look at your marriage and say, this is where our marriage stands. And demon of divorce, this is where you fall. That's where you look at your children and you say, you may be tore up right now. You may be wanting to be like these kids online, but this is where I draw the line and the devil inside of you is going to fall. My mama prayed for me all of those years. I was born and raised in a Christian family. And guess what? When I gave my heart to Jesus, November 5th, 1995, young man, it was not at a church. It was not at an altar call. It was at my mother's kitchen table. Table because God said, I'm going to bring him home right in front of you and you'll lead him to Jesus. My mom led me to Jesus at the kitchen table and a few hours later, my dad laid hands on me at the couch getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Jesus. Jesus will set your life on fire. Jesus will rearrange everything, but you have to today to invite Jesus into your life. It won't always be easy. we will be battles. We'll have ups and downs. People won't always like us. Mistakes will be made along the way. My wife and I have mis- made mistakes in marriage. We've made mistakes in pastoring, but we keep the vision. We hold on to our focus because if you have more than one vision, what do you have? You have die vision. The devil wants to divide us by putting other things into our lives that may seem good, but they're not God. And you have to avoid the ditches of good for the path of God. It may be good for me to travel around the country and preach. How many think I have the gift to preach? How many know my friends want me to come preach? But God told me to stop preaching in other people's churches but to be dedicated to this house. Why? Because I could be out there winning the world but yet losing my marriage out here. Now, it may not make sense to my friends who are preachers. They, they, they say to me all the time, man, why, man, you're better than me or you're more gifted you know, we're trying to be honest. You know, they compliment me. I compliment them. But why aren't you preaching, man? You should go out and you know, tell other churches this. And, and, you know, I can bring you on the circuit. They tell me this. And I say to them, I've got to be where God has called me to be. And if he told me to love 5405 West Diversity 24-7, then that's where I'm going to be locked and loaded on a six-inch pulpit from uh, a six-inch stage from a pulpit from Ikea. Are you listening to me? Because I'm going to keep my marriage. Now he releases me, now I'm going to go preach, but he told me to stay here. God's going to put a call on your life, he's going to give you the vision, he's going to tell you what to do, and I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, you're going to feel like Daniel sometimes, that the more higher up you get, the more haters you got. Anybody listening to me? The more higher you up, the more people are going to hate on you, and they did it to Daniel and they'll do it to you and they'll find out the secret of your success is your relationship with God, and they'll want you to lose that relationship with God just so that you can fail, that they can feel better. Are you listening to me, brothers and sisters? I said your haters will want you to fail just so that they can feel better. I have friends in my life that want me to fail. When we first started this church, Her cousins, family members from the church that we had passed went to, wanted us to fail so that they could feel better about them not being radical for Jesus. And when this church began to grow, they lost their marriage. Are you listening to me? Her cousins who came in my face with an attitude trying to tear me down, tear our marriage down, are now divorced. You better be careful when you're messing with the people of God. People who have talked about my marriage twice are now divorced. That couple and another couple that I was counseling, he went and told Berto in the church, I didn't like the way Joe counseled me because him and his wife weren't the kind of marriage I want. That man didn't even make five years of marriage. Are you all listening to me? Brothers and sisters, people will want you to fall just so that they can feel good. People want me to say the last time I looked at pornography was last week, so I stopped saying 20 years so they can feel good about their porn addiction. People want my marriage to fall so that they can say, well, Joe always act like he was better than all of us. See, he needs to show he's just like the rest of us because my pastor friends would be tore up from the floor, changing marriages or having sabbaticals, not telling anybody, fixing their broken marriage. And I thank God they come back, but they come back with pride. They don't come back with humility. They come back like Ken and Barbie acting like they have it all together. Are you listening? And they would rather me fall so that my testimony can be run through the mud and they can say, see, look, nobody really lives it like that. Man, stop preaching all that holiness stuff. But brothers and sisters, Jesus does not care what your haters say. He said to Daniel, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to give you a vision and I'm going to give you the end time harvest of what's going to happen. Man, this guy was so blessed, but they hated on him. They came against him. They wanted him to fall and they tricked that king to make it illegal to pray. Anybody else know the story? And you can just imagine Daniel when he got that edict. He said, okay, let me make sure I got this right. Okay, so I can't pray to anybody, but that dude right there who always passes gas and smells nasty, that dude right there, I got to pray to him. Well, y'all just watch me. Everybody watch me. Watch what I'm going to do. Watch what I'm going to do. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Hallelujah. And they threw him into a lion's den, thinking, man, they got him. But he slept with lions, got up, and his friends went right down in there and got eaten up by him. Does anybody still believe the Bible? How about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing in front of a statue? You want me to bow to that Oscar? You want me to bow to that Grammy? I'm not bowing. Everybody else is. Ellen Degenerate is. Uh, Trump is. Oprah is. Everybody else is. I'm not bowing. The king gets so mad. He says, I'm going to throw you into this furnace. I'm going to heat it up more than it's ever been heated up, boys. Start doing it. As those men are trying to heat it up, they're dying. Then they throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in there. And what does that? King say, "How many did we throw in there? Only three, because now I see four, and one looks like the Son of God. God will be with you in your trials. God will be with you in your tests. God will be with you in your struggles. You may be in the midst of a fiery furnace, and everybody around you wants to fail, but there will be one like the Son of God who will never leave you nor forsake you, and He'll give you the power to overcome. It's time to get a vision. I'm I'm tired of seeing churches burn up and die in this city. I've had too many friends quit in the ministry. I've had too many uh, uh, things come down the pike in my, in my, my feeds. That's what I told you last week. One of my friend's friends, he wasn't my friend, but he was my friend's friend, committed suicide. Had an affair, got caught, and then killed himself, and they had the funeral last week. And the thing that I was most fired up about is they had a big picture of that dude up there. They said that he fought his race. They told all these lies about him, and they have no idea that children are now three times more likely to commit suicide when their daddy committed committed suicide are you all listening they have no idea on how that discourages the whole church but they had to save face oh to god that somebody would have went up there and said oh how the mighty have fallen we need to get on our faces and repent we've made church growth an idol we've made our pastors an idol and we have to come back to jesus christ and ask him to change us and rearrange us and the church needs to be built upon the word of god again not on gimmicks Because I told that whole thing to my wife, and she said back to me, she said, you know why they did that? And I said, no. She said, because the show must go on. The show must go on. As churches are running over their pastors, as people in the world mock and laugh at us, show must go on. Just keep clapping, keep acting like everything's okay. Okay. Blame it on depression. Blame it on these other things. Instead of realizing we are in a spiritual battle. But Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail. I'm tired of seeing the gates of hell prevail against your job, against our families, against this church. We will conquer them in Jesus' name. Get a vision. We write it down. And we get ready to make it happen, Captain. Are you all ready for the message? I'm going to close out on the message. Amen. Would you come up quickly, brother? Look at Mark 12:30. Here's where we're on today. Everybody say, love God. Our vision is loving God and loving people. Sometimes people look at our graphic there and they tease us and they go, loving God and eating people. No, no, it's meant to be loving God and loving people. How many get that? You get it? Okay. He said, when he was asked, they asked Jesus, what's the greatest command, Jesus? What's the best thing we do? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is Christianity. You and I will not have room for the temptations of this world if God fills our hearts. If I went to my mom's house and I had a meal, because when, you know, when I go there, I'm ready to eat. We couldn't make it last time because the weather it was icy roads and so forth. But she had made all this food. She said, pray for your dad because he's eating it all. <laughs> Come on, dad, save some for us. If I sat at that table, my mom made my favorite meal. Here it is. You ready? Homemade lasagna with shrimp scampi. It's my favorite meal. If I sat at that table, and then after I got done eating, and I looked at everybody, and I go, you all ready for McDonald's now? Taco Bell? Anybody? I would get the Italian backhand across my face. My mom's sassy. She would say something crazy. Like, what's wrong with you? She would get sassy. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? You're at your mom's house. You haven't been there for months. You got your favorite meal. And now you say you want Taco Bell? What's wrong with you? That's what it looks like when we say we love God. And then we go out here throughout the week loving OnlyFans, loving that music of the world that offers nothing good, laughing at the same stuff the world laughs at, idolizing what they idolize. God's like, what, you, you didn't like what I brought before you? You didn't feast? Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You want? You want? What, what, what do you want? I could see the Lord asking us that. What, what do you want? When we love him with everything. That means he's worth everything. The reason why I'm committed to my wife more than that it helps society provides a stable home for my children is because my wife has a father in heaven who knows the hairs on her head and every tear she cries he puts in his hand of remembrance. I do not want to break a daughter of the Lord's heart. Is everybody tracking with me? <clears throat> the reason why I honor these children, and even though sometimes I have to discipline them, but I teach them what heaven is like. It's not because it makes my life easier, quieter around the house, less stressful. It's because the Bible says, listen to me, fathers, not Father's Day, but this message will rock your world if you hear it, because God said, if you cause one of these little ones to stumble, it would be better for you to take a millstone that weighs about as much as a car and tie it around your neck and go jump into the sea. And now we do our children like this? Nobody really loves God who can do their children like that. I'm not saying bad things can't happen in the family, but you're telling me all these broken homes, you're telling me those are real Christians? When Jesus said it so serious, it let the little children come to me, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and now for the first time in American history, we have more children being brought up without moms and dads in the same home than we ever have before, and yet you're telling me you're a Christian? Where is your Christianity if it's not first in your home? See, if you love God with all your heart, it touches your marriage, it touches your children. And the other day I was I was out doing some things, and there was a chance for me to just adjust, just adjust a few things on this report that I was making for the accident that I was in. Just get a few more thousand dollars nobody's around nobody's listening nobody's there to track me I was in an accident totaled their car almost totaled mine and I had all of these claims I could go on and the Lord said you you touch that number you mess with that number you're not mine now some of you all play with compromise I don't know what God you have living inside of your heart but that's how my spiritual pappy talks to me He tells me things like that. He doesn't tell me in those moments, I'll just forgive you after you adjust it and they give you more and and, and you feel bad about it and, of course, you've already spent it. Then I'll forgive you because, after all, I love you. That's not how God talks to me in my moment of temptation. God says, you play with this. It's over. Now, do I think that he's fickle? No, but I believe what he is teaching me is that the line of compromise that brings you over the cliff is so much closer than you and I ever think. Every time I talk to people who have crossed that line, they always tell me they started back here, but somehow before they knew it, they were right here on the edge. Every time. I have never talked to anybody who threw away their marriage, threw away their integrity. People from this church that I had to go visit in the county because of things I just talked about. And they were married with kids and they tried to get away with it but got caught. I'm telling you, every single one of them tell me the same story. I was way back here, but then before I knew it, I was right here. And now, Pastor, please help me take care of my kids. Please, Pastor, do all of this. And don't tell anybody because I feel so ashamed. Loving God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and all your strength Means exactly what it says. It means there is no room for compromise He is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all Now what happens when I do sin? Because I have sinned since being a Christian, obviously What happens in those times? God deals with me patiently But there are lines, and I just want to warn everybody here, that you know if you cross that, it is denying the power of the the Lord inside of you. It's accepting the pleasure of that sin, and it's putting us on a path that can lead to destruction. The Bible teaches us that when we love Him, we're satisfied in all of those areas. So quickly in closing, get this. When we give our heart fully to Him, it's fully satisfied in Him. Has anybody else experienced that? How many know, even if I would have got 5000 instead of 3500 from that insurance company, that extra 1500 would not satisfy my soul? How many know I would be empty on the inside? Brothers and sisters, God is not keeping the good life from you. He is protecting the good life in you. He is wanting us to guard it because it's that precious. And you think about your soul. You think about what it desires. You think about the temptations that race through your mind. How many know right now if we had one of those mind readers like they have in those sci-fi movies and we put that thing up here and we did it one by one, how many know every single one of us is hitting the floor hiding our face? We would be ashamed of what goes on inside this brain. you all quiet in this church. I said, how many of you would be ashamed to let those thoughts be up there right now? But you know what Jesus does? He renews your soul. He washes the soul. And so when I have thoughts of anger towards my wife and thoughts of ingratitude... I remember one day I was just so upset with the kids and the food and everything. And you know what came into my mind was a letter that a man wrote for his suicide letter. And God said to me, if you don't watch it, the complaints you have now will be the ones that blow your brains out. I had read a suicide note and it went something like this. My wife never takes care of me and my kids never appreciate me. They will realize what they lost when I'm gone. Because your soul is a well of emotions, and you and I don't know what's at the bottom of it. I used to listen to Trent Reznor, and he said, your soul is as deep as a hole. It is so deep, and it's like the old-timers used to say, the only thing that can fill it is Jesus Christ. How many know you've tried to fill it outside in the world with relationships, and it can't be filled? It It just keeps sucking you in and sucking. It just keeps taking, and you're never satisfied. Even as a Christian, you can be deceived by those things. But God says he will what? He will renew your soul. The Bible says in that psalm again, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down besides the still and quiet waters. And what comes next? Put it up there, please, in the King James. And he reneweth my what? He re- Come on, you all should know this. He reneweth my what? My soul. Anybody here need their soul removed? A uh, soul renewed? <laughs> yes, Pastor, I do want my soul removed and become a robot. Beep boop, beep boop. How many are glad you have a soul and you're not a robot? That's the reason why we have free will, and you can damn your soul to hell if you want. But how many need their soul removed to uh, re- renewed? <laughs> Help me, Jesus. Put in the King James for me, please, brother. How many moms do I have today working with children that want it to be renewed? How many burnout dads do I have in this place? How many young corporate workers do I have in this place that are just burned out already? You know, when my daughter was going to uh, elevate here and I first started taking her, I was like, man, what am I gonna do when my kid's at church? So I said, I don't like to waste my time. I took up Uber. Man, I was blessed. I was. It wasn't because I was broke. I was just like, I wanna do something with my time. So I'm a hustler, man. So I started doing Uber. And you know what I began to realize? This world is hurting far more than I could ever imagine. I remember picking up this one African-American young lady, she was a killer in the law firm. She was amazing. I picked her up at one of those high rises and she says, I don't know if I can make it another day. Imagine this young lady, all she does is go to school to make her parents happy, to become a lawyer. She's got the best job. She says they work us 14, 15, 16, 18 hours. You know, all the way up and down that you got those hospitals, you know. I would pick up these med students. Look at the suicide rate among med students. That's why I started learning this stuff. I would pick up these med students, and they would say, this is my third shift. I've only slept two hours. The world, my friend, will drain you. I'm not saying it's wrong to work hard or pay a price for something. I'm just saying the world will take, and the world will take and the world will take. I saw a meme, and it said it so well. There was a woman on my job, it said. She had worked 20 years. She had you know, saved up uh, you know, two months of vacation. She had all of those things, and she died, and now it cannot be enjoyed. I'm not saying being frivolous, but listen to me, brothers and sisters. If you and I do not fill God with our soul, we will fill it with something else, and in the end, we will regret what we gave it to. We'll regret what we gave it to. We'll regret, thank you, brother. We'll regret that we gave it to that job, that we gave it to just that extra money. Do you know that most of us right now, according to the world standards, we're already rich. You have running water, then most of the world you're rich. Do you have a bathroom, most of the world you're rich. Do you have a place to lay your head, most of the world you're rich. Are you guys tracking with me? Do you have solid food, you know, a plan to eat today? And so you and I think that another million dollars is going to change us, but it's really not going to change anything about you. You're still just going to have a place to live You're still just going to have food close to where? Do you get my point? So many of us were fighting for success instead of fighting for God's best. God's best is better than what the world calls success. We send our children to go to colleges, and instead of getting degrees, they get STDs. This is a fact. We have our highest and brightest right now being more depressed than ever before. And in closing, brothers and sisters, if you're in that place today, this is the hope Jesus gives you and I pray you share it with the world. That's why we will be going to the high schools in a few weeks once the weather warms up a little bit and we'll be preaching out there. That's why TJ is taking out the team today by God's grace. That's why we were on the west side the other day, Wicker Park the other day is because we're telling the whole world that Jesus restores souls. Jesus is the only one that has a plug that fits your battery and will plug right into you and will renew Renew your mind and will heal your triggered emotions and take away the, the, the memories of that past trauma and renew you with the things of his will but we got to be willing to love him with everything. Are you ready to have a vision to love God today? Would you stand up with me, church? Would you bless him in his name? Come on, somebody put their hands together and bless Jesus today. Band and altar workers, would you come? Father, we thank you for this service. We pray you set our lives on fire. We pray, God, that you change us and rearrange us from the inside out. I pray, God, that each one of us will love you with everything we have. And that, Lord, today, whatever we're compromising on, we will get rid of right now in Jesus' name. If you yet don't know the Lord like that, just raise up your hands and say, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. Repent of your sins. These prayer workers will be up here for you in the next few moments. We don't threaten with hell lightly. We don't do it as a game. We're telling you the truth. There's a heaven and a hell. It's your choice today. But I will give you this right now. Every single one of us, as a, as a testimony, I'm sure would agree, all of us who have already accepted Jesus, our only regret is that we didn't do it sooner. Come on, is that not true, saints? My biggest regret, it hit me the moment I accepted Jesus, November 5th, is, oh, dear God, why didn't I do this sooner? A few moments right now. Those of us who are already saved and love Jesus, would you raise up your hands as a sign of surrender and say, Lord, fill me, change me, rearrange me, search my heart, the Bible says in Psalm 139, see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. As Paul said, after having preached to others, I myself, I don't want to fall. A few moments before you go, right now, guard your heart, brothers and sisters, and then get ready to go on the journey of your life, loving him, sharing him with the world. What else are we supposed to do? What else is worth our time and attention if not the God of heaven and earth who sent his son to die for us so that when he was raised, we might be raised with him a few moments. Every hand raised who wants more of Jesus, whether you're just getting saved today or you've been saved for many, many years. More of Jesus, less of me. I need more of Jesus, less of me. More of Jesus in my family. More of Jesus in my marriage. More of Jesus in my children. More Jesus. Mas Jesus. Come on, a few moments. Say it in your own words. I need you, Jesus. I need you in the morning. I need you in the afternoon. I need you when I lay my head down at night. I need you when I wake up. Oh, Jesus, I need you, need you. I need Jesus. I need Jesus more than I need a raise. I need Jesus more than I need accolades. I need Jesus more than the air I breathe. I need Jesus. Jesus. The Bible says call on him while he may be found. Come on, this may be weird for some of you, but before we go, call on Jesus. Call on him. I start to sing because i got to worship in my my prayers. That's okay if you don't want to do that, but just lift up His name. Bring Him into your life. Bring His power into your life. Don't walk out of here the same way you came. Addictions will break in the name of Jesus. It's not 12 steps. It's one step to my Jesus. He's the chain breaker. He's the freedom giver. Every life is changed that comes to the feet of Jesus. Jesus, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our compromises. Make our lives to reflect your glory. He's the sun. I'm the moon. Shine on me, Jesus. Shine on every dark place until all that I am is a reflection of you. You are my son you are my sunshine on a cloudy day jesus you are you are you are my sunshine when all the clouds over me when everybody's against me jesus you're my sunshine Somebody got to believe that today. Somebody say, shine on me, Jesus. He said, I'm the light of the world. And he said, through his power, he makes us lights in this darkened world. He makes us the salt of the earth. Shine on me, Jesus. My children need to see Jesus today. My neighbors need to see Jesus today. The woman who ran into my car, who was scared about what I would say that day, she needed to see Jesus. Shine on me shine on me i'm the moon you're the sun reflect your glory from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory glory. i'm going higher with jesus i'm going higher with jesus come on before we go somebody's got to say it i'm going to glory to glory with you lord i'm not staying where i'm at there's another level of glory There's another level of glory. glory. I pray for the glory of the Lord to rise in this place. To rise in our lives this place. And last but not least, before we leave out of here, these altars will be open. But if you need the power of the Holy Ghost, the baptism of his spirit, you hear us praying in other languages, that's a sign that God is with us. We can explain the details to you later, but just if you're hungry for more, don't leave out of here till you receive the more. Because that's what empowers us. When you don't know what to pray, you pray in the Holy Spirit. When you're weighed down by stress, you pray in the Holy Spirit, and it renews your mind, the Bible says, and it builds your faith. Lord, I thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit on our lives today. I thank you for your blessing today. I pray more than emotion, people walk out of here remembering what your word said today. That you're giving us a vision. That you're putting your law in our hearts. You're making us happy, Jesus. You're bringing people around us to walk in the vision with us. And Lord, you're going to give us the strength to bring it to pass. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. If you believe in Metro Praise, can you say it again as you bless him? Amen.